0: Welcome to the show. I'll tell you what,
1: the number of friends you have seems to increase quite a bit once they find out that you are returning from a fishing trip to Alaska with a cooler full of fish. But you know what? I am happy to share. And, as usual, had a great time. Got to take my best friend and Northwestern Outdoors pro staffer Rusty Johnston with me to Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska, and you'll hear all about that trip next week on our sister show, America Outdoors Radio. I got some inquiries into my phone situation with CenturyLink and I can tell you that I've got a big shout out for Localtel, which is my internet company. They actually did what CenturyLink's been unable to do for nearly a month, and that is at least get a dial tone on my phone and the ability to receive calls, though I still don't have the ability to make calls on my landline phone that I use for interviews. So it's been a challenge, but we are still able to put the show together, and we were able to put this one together for you, and I think you're going to like it. Because we've got some great guests for you. In just a few minutes, we'll be talking to Ginger Merritt. Ginger and her partner, Anna, own Jack's Resort. That's located at the south end of Jameson Lake in eastern Washington. It's a great rainbow trout destination. And Jack's Resort has really been struggling because they essentially burnt down a few years ago. But they've got the restaurant back open and things are going very well now. So you might want to pay them a visit. Another person we'll talk to is Kylie Kemble. She's with Montana Fish, Wildlife and Parks. And she's going to tell you about the Becoming an Outdoors Woman program that they operate there. As well as an opportunity to learn how to fish and kayak on July 29th at Lake Elmo State Park in Billings if you are an adult woman. Registration is open. It looks like it'll be a fun time. Our final guest of the day, well, that would be Sally Jackson. She hails from New Zealand, but spends a lot of time here in the greater Northwest, and her passion is hot springs. And she's co-authored a book, Hiking Hot Springs in the Pacific Northwest by Falcon Guides. The sixth edition is about to come out. There's 167 different hot springs that you can visit in Oregon, Washington, British Columbia, Idaho. Northern Nevada and in Yellowstone National Park. And Sally will tell you about some of her favorite destinations in these places. Throw in our regular recurring guests like Bob Loomis with Max Luer and David Sparks. And we've got a great show headed your way. So pour your cup of coffee or whatever else you're drinking. And let's get to it with another edition of Sportsman Spotlight with David Sparks. I don't know. What's the world coming to? Smart Reels?
2: For fishermen? What? David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. Listen to this. Modern low-profile bait casting reels, which exhibit an array of features and capabilities that didn't exist even a decade ago. In another 10 years, it may be hard to recognize the newest class of casting reels. Not from their looks, but from the intuitive user experience that they deliver. Offering a glimpse into the future, a reel maker offers a Bluetooth-equipped eye reel which represents a new category in intelligent freshwater fishing reels. Using Bluetooth to pair the iReel with your smartphone, and the initial setup begins with inputting the line type, test, and diameter. On the water, iReel employs highly accurate motion capture sensors in the spool assembly to provide anglers with precise casting metrics, including the number of casts made, average distance, farthest cast, retrieve speed, and more. By providing real-time access to this valuable information, anglers can enhance their understanding of the fishing environment, analyze their successes and failures, and make necessary adaptations based on the prevailing conditions. Crazy thought, but deserves consideration. Why not just send your robot out to fish for you? You've probably been told that to reach a millennial farmer, you have to go digital. Hmm...
1: A sharp blade makes short work of any project you have in the outdoors, in the
3: kitchen, or in the shop. Hone your knives and tools with quality power and manual sharpeners from WorkSharp. Find out more at WorkSharpTools.com. I'm going
1: to take you fishing, honey. You're going to love it. Going to get up before the sun rises above us got a bamboo pole and a leaky boat welcome back to northwestern outdoors Bambu radio and i'm john day Cruz. Day our day day next day day stop day day is jameson day lake. Day lake you'll find it in a sagebrush coulee called moses coulee in eastern washington between waterville and coulee city and when you get there, you're going to find this long lake that is chock full of rainbow trout. At the south end of the lake, you'll find Jack's Resort. And with us here to tell you more about the resort and the fishing and everything else to do there is the co-owner, Ginger Merritt. Ginger, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, Ginger, let's go ahead and, and talk about Jamison Lake and the fishery there first because it's kind of unique. It's kind of a spring fishery and a fall fishery, isn't it?
4: Yes. Yeah. It's been known as a split season lake forever, and in 2019 they changed it to leave it open during the summer months, but it's still very popular in the spring and fall.
1: And you've got some really nice-sized rainbow trout in there, don't you? What's the average size and what's considered a big one?
4: Um, I've seen nine-pounders come out, actually, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon to catch 16, 18-inches all day long.
1: Well, that is plenty of fun there. That's for darn sure. Now... Folks do a lot of fishing there, but as you mentioned, the summer kind of drops off a little bit. So what brings folks to the resort during the summer months?
4: The lake, playing on the water, kayaks, pontoon boats, paddle boards. It's a beautiful lake. It's great to swim in. It's, just a, it's a fun place to be.
1: Are there any special regulations, like for example, no engines, only electric motors or anything like that? Or, or can you take a ski boat out there if you want to?
4: Yeah, there's no regulations.
1: Okay, good to know. Good to know. And you get some pretty unique wildlife watching out there. It's absolutely beautiful country, and I'm sure that the stargazing is great too. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about how you got to be the owner of the resort, Ginger, along with your partner Anna.
4: Jack passed away in 1995, and I had gotten a hold of Trudy. I was living in Oregon, and I decided uh, in the late late 90s to move back to Washington State, and happened to get a hold of Trudy, and was shocked that she was actually still here. And it just kind of went from there to one day I was the owner because they didn't have any children. Uh, their nieces and nephews didn't want it. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. You know, I've always known you guys as, you know, Aunt Trudy and Uncle Jack. So it just it took about a year and a half. And then here we are.
1: Wow. And fast forward to 2019, you had RV sites, you had cabins. Did you have a food truck or a restaurant at that time? A restaurant. And And you had the general store, boat launch, obviously, (laughs) lots of room to spread out. And then you got hit by COVID, which was a short-term curse, kind of a long-term blessing because you got a lot of folks in. But then right after that, you got hit with a fire and it destroyed a lot of your resort, didn't it? Uh,
4: Yeah, probably about 99% of the resort
1: was lost. Oh my gosh. And so tell me about that day when the fire hit. I heard you had like zero notice and you were there at the resort with Anna when it happened.
4: And uh, we were, yeah. Yeah, there was, uh, there was no sign the fire was coming near us. There was no smoke. We actually had people in the park taking a nap. I mean, it was just, it was windy, but there was, there was no sign the fire was coming until it was here, and we were here.
1: Wow. So you lost the restaurant. You lost a lot of the outbuildings. Have you been able to rebuild everything?
4: Yeah, we have not rebuilt everything that we lost personally yet because we were focused on getting the resort back up and running. So that's, that's where we spent the last you know, almost three years focusing on.
1: So you do have the restaurant open again, and I know you've got a great Taco Tuesday. And I understand from time to time you even serve up prime rib.
4: Yeah, that has been happening quite frequently. Pretty much every Saturday we've been serving prime rib. I think we've one Saturday since the middle of April we did not do prime rib, but uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty popular.
1: So here's a question for you. I know you get a lot of your clientele from the Seattle area who enjoy the whole desert climate and the sunshine. When it comes to the restaurant, though, I mean, there's not a lot around there. I'm guessing you get some locals. Where are they coming from?
4: Uh, They're coming from Efrata, Waterville, Cooley City, Mansfield. I mean, Wenatchee, Moses Lake, Elmira. I mean, they're coming from all over. The support has been just uh, amazing.
1: Well, and that's something else I want to talk about. You and I were talking a few days ago about the fact that when the resort burnt down, you're sitting there devastated, thinking, how are we going to get through this? And people just started showing up and literally handing you money and saying, this is to rebuild. What an amazing story.
4: Yeah, it was uh, quite shocking, actually. That, Like I said, the the support was just overwhelming. Like, you know, your shoe's on the other foot, and you, you have to eat humble pie, unfortunately. And it was in, the, like, big, large spoonfuls. And people were just coming out of the woodworks and, you know, sending money. They did a GoFundMe for us, which we were very dead set against, which, we're so thankful now because we we without the support, we would have lost this place we wouldn't have we wouldn't have made it back you like you said i mean it, we we burned down during a global pandemic, and you know the the support when you know when when people were struggling in their own lives, you know they came forward and helped us get our lives back. you know what i mean right it's still overwhelming to even think about but
1: Well, that speaks volumes towards the character of you and Anna, that people would have that viral reaction of just getting out their wallets and giving you money to get Jack's Resort back on track. So it's great news that the restaurant is open again. And the fishing season, the fall fishing season, let's talk about that because uh, people love to go up there because the fishing's so darn good. Does that kick off the end of September?
4: Yeah, so now that they leave the the lake open during the summer months, uh, the fall fishing starts a lot earlier now. People, people that couldn't get in, like for say, the opening in October, are coming in the middle of September instead because now they can get in. So it, it actually it has worked out very well because now, like I said, it just it makes the fall season longer than it was.
1: Well, not only that, I personally, the middle of September is for me primo camping season because you've got those you know mild mornings and evenings but it's sunny enough during the day that you're comfortable and warm and the fishing can be very very good indeed what is the preferred method for people catching trout in the fall out there are they just plunking power bait offshore trolling uh, like a max twenty ring spinner out of a boat
4: both actually yeah
1: definitely both all right well there you go i guess we should wrap up with this the website and facebook page for jack's resort
4: Yes, we yes, have Facebook, but we are in, in the process of building a, a brand new website with all of our new information on it, the new restaurant. And uh, anyway, yeah, so it, it's in the process right now, actually.
1: Okay, well, in the meantime, look for Jack's Resort on Facebook, Jack's Resort on Jameson Lake. And uh, the old website, until the website is rebuilt, you'll find that one at jacksresortonjamesonlake.com. That's jacksresortonjamesonlake.com. Make plans to come out to Jameson Lake this summer and this fall, catch some rainbow trout, have some fun at the lake, and enjoy some really good food. Ginger, thanks so much for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Thank you. Changing topics, are you getting tired of just grilling up hamburgers on the grill this summer? Well, I've got something else for you to try. How about a Copper River Sockeye Salmon Patty? That's right. You can order those from Cena Sea Seafood. Let me tell you about them. Each order comes as a two-pack, and each patty is four ounces. They're made with wild-caught Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Never farmed, absolutely wild, and they are loaded with fresh veggies. I mean, you're going to get zucchini, red bell peppers, sweet chili sauce, cilantro, green onions... And the whole patty is gluten-free. So if you're looking for something a little lighter and something a little more delicious, consider getting Copper River Sockeye Salmon Patties from Cena Sea Seafood. The website to go to is cenase.com. That's cenase.com. Order the Sockeye Salmon Patties or anything else you want, and it'll be delivered right to your door in no time at all. That's cnesea.com. Order your Copper River Sockeye Salmon Patties today. I'm going to take you fishing, honey. You're going to love it. Going to get up before the sun. Rise above us. Got a bamboo pole and a leaky boat. It ain't much, but if you bail, it'll float. I'm going to take you fishing, honey. You're going to love it.
0: Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program, and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure nine inches or longer. The fish are worth six, eight, or ten dollars, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth five hundred bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org.
3: Located in the northeast corner of Oregon, Wallawa County offers a unique destination rich in natural beauty and outdoors recreation. Enjoy the clear waters of Wallawa Lake. Take a tram to the top of Mount Howard for million dollar views. Hike or ride into the Eagle Cap Wilderness. And fish or raft the Wallawa and Grand Ronde Rivers. It's all waiting for you in beautiful Wallawa County. Plan your visit today at WallawaCountyChamber.com. That's WallawaCountyChamber.com
0: welcome back to northwestern outdoors radio and to an extended max minute brought to you by max lure
1: yes it is that time of the show again for another extended max minute and with us again is bob loomis with max lure bob welcome back thank you john Last week, we talked about catching salmon in the saltwater. This week, we're going to talk about freshwater fishing, specifically on the Upper Columbia River where a strong summer run is present. How should we rig up to catch those summer run kings? Well,
3: John, you know, the first thing I'm going to pull out is the uh, scent flash UV paddle flasher. You know, it's a large 11-inch rotational paddle flasher that you can fill up with scent. You can put tuna in it. You can put virtually anything. I mean, you can put herring fillets in it. But it basically allows you to put out a scent trail. So you're legally chumming. And behind that, I would fish the uh, Wedding Ring Salmon Tech Spinner, which is a, basically it's our version of a 3.5 spinner. And it's got high UV smile blade, high UV beads, a wedding ring band, and that new VMC uh, Salmon Tech hook that we helped design for BMC.
1: You know that hook is pretty spectacular looking what separates that from a standard hook?
3: Well it's got a deep bend in it and is what it does is it allows those when you hook a fish because most of the time we're having to fish well most of the time just depending on what day of the week it is and what flavor of the month it is the state in their infinite wisdom decides that we're gonna go barbless when you pinch a barb on a regular hook it's pretty easy for a fish to jump off when they're moving around the way that they do With this hook, it's got a deeper bend in it, and that deeper bend allows that to get further into the jaw a little bit further and keep fish on a little bit
1: longer. There you go. Another example of anglers outsmarting fish. Get your Max Scent Flash UV Paddle Flasher and your Wedding Ring Salmon Tech Spinner at a sporting goods store near you or online anytime at MaxLure.com. Hot summer nights mean hot morning fishing for sockeye here in the northwest and Max Lure Company has got what you need to catch a limit with the Double D Dodger and two great sockeye rigs. The Double D Dodger has a unique fast slow action and can be fished away from the boat without a side planer. The Cha-Cha Sockeye Rig and Double Whammy Sockeye Pro both feature a patented smile blade and two stout red hooks that won't let go of that salmon when it bites. Max Lure Company, getting you into the sockeye this summer.
3: Public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today.
1: back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Our next stop is Montana. That's where Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks operates their Becoming an Outdoors Woman program. It's all about bringing women into the outdoors to learn new skills that they may not know about. We're talking about fishing. We're talking about hunting. We're talking about orienteering, kayaking, and a whole lot more. And with us here to tell you more about this program and... A kayaking and fishing event coming up later this month is Kylie Kemble with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Kylie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, John. So before we get into the events, let's talk about the whole concept behind the Becoming an Outdoors Woman program.
5: Yeah, Becoming an Outdoor Woman actually started back in Wisconsin in 1990, and the some local sportsmen's groups and fish, wildlife, and parks-style organizations and universities got together and decided that recruitment of women in outdoor recreation sports was a very valuable avenue to pursue. And so they, they got together and designed this program, and in 1994, Montana started started participating in, in the program, and we built our own system from there. And we do so participate. It's a nationwide nonprofit, and then we try to offer as many courses as we can and as wide a variety of skills and recreation types as we can.
1: In this program, we need to be clear, this isn't for the kids, is it? This is for adults 18 and over who decide they want to try their hand at fishing or kayaking or shooting a bow and arrow or anything else that has to do with the outdoors. That's right, isn't it?
5: Yes, it is. It's, it's designed for, for women 18 and over. And, you know, we re- really appreciate our allies. And we have a lot of instructors that are male that just offer incredible insight into some of the skills. But we, we really do focus on education for women as much as possible.
1: Well, let's talk about that event coming up this month, July 29th, to be exact. It's taking place at Lake Elmo State Park in Billings, Montana. And it's a workshop, one-day workshop, focused on teaching women how to kayak and how to fish. Tell us more about this.
5: Yeah, we're excited to offer this one here at our our state park, Lake Elmo State Park, right at our Region 5 office. And it's going to be kind of a twofer. So the first part or the second part will either be fishing, so spin casting, learning all about the fish of Montana, how to target them with spin casting setups. And then we'll provide lunch, and your second session or your first session, depending on which group you're in, will be the basics of kayaking. I know a lot of people who, you know, kayaks are really fun to get into. They're a relatively inexpensive way to get into boating, but there's a lot of fear that goes along with that. And I think, you know, being able to offer beginner classes can really help people kind of explore some of those opportunities. And we will provide gear for those who don't have the equipment and they want to give it a try. We will provide the gear for all. these things as well.
1: And I understand a one-day fishing license is even included in the cost to attend this. This workshop has a $35 registration fee, and I've got to ask, what kind of fish are in Lake Elmore? Are we talking about rainbow trout here?
5: That's a great question. It's a stocked pond, so off the top of my head, I'm not 100% sure what our fish are in there, but I do think we have some trout, maybe some bass. There's a few species that we'll be able to target for sure.
1: Well, this certainly sounds like a really fun and educational day. What are the hours for the workshop?
5: The classes will run from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Again, that's lunch included. I would encourage any participants registered to show up a little bit early so we can get everybody set up and ready to go.
1: Okay, if you're interested in signing up for this fishing kayaking event at St. Elmo State Park in Billings, Montana, I'm not going to give you the website. It's a long one. Just Google the following, Montana space... F-W-P space B-O-W and you'll find a link right away that'll take you right to the events page so you can register. Again, just Google Montana space F-W-P space B-O-W and you'll get right there so you can register, but hurry, space is limited. And Kylie, I think we should also talk about the other event happening this summer. I know it's full, but in August you're going to have your summer workshop that is actually a two and a half three day camping adventure that involves all sorts of different skills that you can learn tell our listeners about this and where it's taking place
5: Yes, our summer bow event is our, probably our most popular event. We have a capacity of about 60 people for that event, and we'll be at Lubricht Experimental Forest. But so we offer four different classes over three days, two and a half days for that session, meals included, camping. Some people get to stay in the lodge. So it is a really fun event. Um, we try to do that once a year. Wyoming also has a BOW program that's really spectacular. They've, they've got some really awesome classes, too, throughout the year.
1: Okay, so for our Wyoming listeners tuning in from Sundance and Sheridan, that's definitely something to check out. But getting back to Montana's becoming an outdoors woman summer camp, Lubrecht Forest, I'm not familiar with this place. Give or take, where is it located? And tell me about the place. I understand there's even conference facilities there.
5: Yeah, Lubric Experimental Forest is out of Greeno, Montana. It's about thirty miles east of Missoula, Montana. It's an experimental forest or a study forest owned by the University of Montana, and they do have lodges and cabins, full facilities that they can that they open up, and we're able to rent through them. And it's just this beautiful little forest tucked out tucked out into Montana nearby. So we've got some shooting and fishing and kayaking opportunity there as well.
1: Well, one of the really nice things about the summer workshops is that the participants actually get to choose what sort of seminars and skills they want to learn. Kind of like ordering off a menu, isn't it?
5: They do. We ask them for their top three choices, and the number of classes per session ranges from five to seven, depending on our instructor availability for the year.
1: And you've got really diverse choices available, everything from how to fire a rifle to hunting to fly fishing to orienteering and bird watching and even more than that.
5: Yeah, we try to vary it up a little bit. Our summer program is definitely designed for beginners in all of these classes, but we do kayaking every year. Fly fishing is a very popular class. Orienteering, so maps and compasses, birding, backpacking, survival. We have a whole host of things that we like to offer.
1: All right. Well, again, you're too late for this year, but... Think about this for next year, and registration usually opens in early June. So be watching the website for that and register right away because, again, it's limited to 60 participants and it does fill up very quick. It's quite an opportunity. Kylie, let's go ahead and talk about whether or not you have anything coming up for this fall with becoming an outdoors woman.
5: Yeah, we'll look at um, being able to host a waterfowl hunting class out of the Hamilton area coming up this fall. And then we'll be looking to partner with the Lewis and Clark Library on a short session here in Helena as well, come October.
1: And what exactly would that look like?
5: Right now it's looking like it's going to be the Maps and Compass style orienteering
1: Well, I love the duck hunting seminar, but I also love the whole orienteering seminar. I mean, orienteering is a great survival skill to have because your GPS doesn't work everywhere, whether you think it might or not especially when you run out of juice. So knowing how to use a map and a compass is a very valuable skill. It's something I learned when I was in the U.S. Army. And I'll tell you what, orienteering is actually a very enjoyable activity. Absolutely. Meanwhile, if you are a woman out there who is over 18 and wants to learn some new skills to help you enjoy the outdoors, whether it be fishing, hunting, survival, orienteering, kayaking, or more, just go to the Becoming an Outdoors Woman program websites through Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, or through Wyoming Game and Fish, both states offer them. And again, you've got that opening July 29th at Lake Elmo State Park for the Learn How to Kayak and Learn How to Fish, only $35. And if you want to register, again, just Google Montana space FWP space BOW, look for the link and sign up today. It's only $35 should be a fun day on the water. Kylie, thanks so much for what you do. And thanks so much for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Thank you, John. you're back in with northwestern outdoors radio i'm john cruz you know when it comes to summertime it is hiking time and One of the more enjoyable destinations to hike to is a hot springs because you get to soak those weary bones at the end of that hike. That's why we've got Sally Jackson on the line. She is the co-author of a book, Hiking Hot Springs in the Pacific Northwest. The sixth edition of this book is coming out and it includes 13 hot springs that were not included before. She co-authored the book with Evie Litton. Sally, thanks for making the time to chat with us today
6: most
1: welcome john sally you're based in new zealand but i know you spent a lot of time here in north america hiking and traveling to hot springs in the pacific northwest and in this book you actually cover hot springs in washington oregon as well as british columbia idaho and even some new ones in yellowstone national park and a few in northern nevada near the border of oregon that's quite a variety of hot springs to cover in this book.
6: Yes, yeah, sort of spoils for choice and yeah, some great options for making some great backpacking trips, road trips, Yeah, but there's, there's a lot to pick and choose from out there in the Pacific Northwest if you want to get into uh, some hot water.
1: And I guess we should point out that while the book is titled Hiking Hot Springs in the Pacific Northwest, there's actually several destinations you can just drive right up to that are mentioned here, aren't there?
6: Yeah, for sure. Particularly in um, in Oregon and, and uh, in Idaho as well.
1: Let's go ahead and talk about some of the more unique hot springs covered in this book. I really like the fact that you cover hot springs in eastern Oregon. It's some beautiful, remote country out there, and I've really enjoyed it in the past. And I remember Getting the opportunity to check out the hot springs at the Heart Mountain National Antelope Refuge. Really thought that was cool. But you cover a whole lot more than that in eastern Oregon, don't you?
6: I have a real soft spot for uh, the deserts, and uh, including uh, down in southeast Oregon, Jintura Hot Springs is a wonderful, is a wonderful uh, little spring located on an island, and you have to time it right to ford across. Sometimes it's a trivial ford; other times you're not going to make it across. So, you know, getting that intel about when to go and and who to contact, getting over there. Echo Rock is on the Hawaii uh, Reservoir. It is a super spring. It's an eight mile uh, round trip hike. Some exceptional. Geology through through there, both on the drive down to the trailhead and then, and then the hike itself. And some volunteers have made a wonderful cement lined pool, and uh, it's, it's very uh, aptly named Echo Rock, shelving from the pool.
1: And a lot of these hot springs, they're actually on public lands, and it's really volunteers that do a lot of work to maintain them.
6: Yep, for sure. And, you know, I'm eternally grateful. Um, to those yeah, dedicated and talented folk, for sure.
1: Heading to the Cascade Mountains of Oregon, are there any hot springs that stand out for you there? There's the three hot springs in the
6: Cascades, Bagby, Cougar, and Umqua. And the former, Bagby, has been uh, shut due to forest fires for uh, well over two years. And pretty exciting news that it's reopening this summer. And they're all very different springs, Bagby, with the uh, it's uh, wooden bathhouses and tubs, cougar in a little, in a little ravine with um, dammed pools of sulfur water, and then Umqua, which has got a different kind of highly mineralized water that's formed a big travertine mound that the pools um, are formed within, and it cascades down a hillside overlooking um, a creek. So yeah, they're all pretty special springs in the Cascades.
1: You know, you mentioned rainforests. That makes me think of the rainforests in Olympic National Park in Washington State, where I've been to Soul Hot Springs. And this isn't one you hike to. It's actually a, a whole complex and includes cabins and pools. And uh, it's, it's quite luxurious, actually, in a national park sense. But are there actually some hot springs in Washington State that you have to hike to that you could enjoy?
6: Sure. The one that really stands out is the Olympic Hot Springs and that's actually, I have to confess, one of the few in the book that I've not made it to myself due to various logistical issues with access over the years. So, these days, due to damaged access roads, instead of it being a day hike to reach, it's become an overnight backpacking destination to reach. Or you can bring your bicycle and bike to do it as a day trip with a bike. So you've got a couple of different options to get in there. And there's a chain of amazing pools dotted along the edge of a uh, of a small of a small stream. Uh, I've seen a lot of photos. I've been there many times in my imagination, and I'm really hoping to get there in the not too distant future. Once the access issues have kind of settled down a little bit, and I, I'll probably take a bicycle in with me for that one.
1: Well, access is everything. You're absolutely right about that. Let's turn our attention from Oregon and Washington to Idaho, the gem state. The bulk of the book seems to be covering hot springs in Idaho. Is that because there's simply more hot springs in Idaho than the other states and in British Columbia? Because you seem to have close to 100 different hot springs covered in the gem state.
6: Um, Indeed it is. There's a Over a hundred hot springs that I've written about scattered throughout the gym State.
1: And if there was one destination that stands out, and I know this isn't fair when you're being asked to pick among a hundred destinations, but if there was just one that you would recommend that's a fairly short hike, not too hard to get to, that you would recommend above all others in Idaho, what would it be?
6: Oh, that's such a mean question, John. I'm going to cheat a little bit then. In the uh, Frank Church Wilderness area, there's actually a chain of hot springs in the Upper Loon Hot Springs, and they're all just like half a mile apart. You can visit four hot springs after a uh, relatively straightforward hike. The actual drive to the trailhead is probably more demanding. You definitely need a 4 drive to get to the trailhead, but from there, it's incredibly scenic hike down through canyon walls with forest and yeah, to this wonderful chain of springs in the upper loon catchment and there are seasonal pools um, they wash out and get rebuilt and later in the summer and the fall is the best time to go visit them and you're likely to have them to yourself and this great camping in the vicinity so that's my cheat answer <laughs>
1: Well, that was a great answer. I've got to admit that. And we don't have a lot of time left, but I want to talk about something new for the sixth edition, and that's the addition of some hot springs you can visit in Yellowstone National Park. And I've been to Yellowstone several times, and when it comes to the hot springs there, I've always thought to myself, well, you don't go near them because you'll literally melt or you'll damage habitat. And the National Park Service has lots of signage saying just that. But you actually found a couple that you can enjoy. Tell our listeners about these. Yeah,
6: there's some really strict regulations in Yellowstone that you cannot bathe in any source spring and that's obviously for safety reasons as well as for environmental reasons but once the spring has left its source and mixed with cold water it's deemed safe to, to bathe and so there's a handful of places around where you're not breaking the rules because you're not bathing in the source it, itself and there's two springs down in this southern part of Yellowstone which are just epic hikes to incredible springs. The Nunda Falls is at the base of a huge waterfall, a lot, a lot of hot water as is to be expected in Yellowstone on the edge of a stream at the base of a truly spectacular waterfall. Not an overly challenging hike in um, so long as the streams aren't running too high. And then from there, you can extend the whole trip and continue hiking uh, east to the next spring, Ferris Fork Hot Springs, which is a giant bubbling pool on the edge of a small stream. But, you know, there's some logistics. It's Yellowstone. You've got to get a permit to camp in there. And these are backpacking trips. And so there's a lot of detail in my book about how to try and successfully go about doing the right thing and obtaining the correct permit. And get in there and, and visit those two you know really unique soaking hot springs in Yellowstone.
1: Well, we're gonna have to leave it at that, but I hope you're as inspired as I am now to go hike to some hot springs here in the Pacific Northwest. And the book to get to find out about all the hot springs to hike to or drive to is Hiking Hot Springs in the Pacific Northwest by Sally Williams, and Evie Litton. The 6th edition will be available in October. If you can't wait, you can always get the 5th edition now, but you'll want to get the 6th edition in October because it has 13 new destinations to include details about these Hot springs hikes in Yellowstone National Park. So come October, just go to the Falcon Guides website. That's who publishes this book, or just go to Amazon or to Barnes and Noble or anywhere else where you get books and look for the Falcon Guides publication: Hiking Hot Springs in the Pacific Northwest. And plan on doing some hikes this fall, or if you can't wait, do some this summer. There's a lot to explore. 167 different hot springs to visit here in the greater northwest sally thanks so much for sharing all of this with us today on northwestern outdoors radio
6: and thanks so very much john
0: Are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program, and the fish are biting. Here's how it works First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure nine inches or longer. The fish are worth six, eight, or ten dollars, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth five hundred bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org.
1: Did you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is
3: America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com
0: before we go today we've got time for one last shot of northwestern outdoors radio with your host john cruz i'm glad you're back
1: because it's time for your sportsman's warehouse trivia question of the week and if you spend a lot of time fly fishing on the streams in montana You might just run across somebody from Happy Days who's a very avid fly angler. And here's your question. Who is that person? Is it Ron Howard who played Richie Cunningham? Or is it Don Most who played Ralph the Mouth? Or is it Henry Winkler who played the Fonz? If you know the answer, you know what to do. Just go to our website at northwesternoutdoors.com, shoot us an email, and let us know. Which one of these Happy Days cast members is an avid fly angler who loves to fish for trout in Montana? Again, your choices are Henry Winkler, the Fonz, Ron Howard, Richie Cunningham, or Don Most, Ralph the Mouth. One lucky person who guesses right wins. The $25 gift card we give away every week from America's Premier Outfitter, which has a very nice supply of fly rods and reels and flies, too, along with Fly Fishing Line. You can buy that at any Sportsman's Warehouse store near you. On that note, it's time to wrap things up, but if you haven't already check out our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. You'll find podcasts of previous shows there, and we also tend to post our trivia question of the week there when we're not on the road. And as we just mentioned, I hope you'll visit our website at northwesternoutdoors.com. In addition to entering our weekly contest, you can see who the sponsors of our show are. And I hope you'll support those sponsors, because if it wasn't for them, We wouldn't be able to bring this show to you, and I'm happy to report that every one of our sponsors is a multi-year sponsor. We try to give them good value, and in return, they support us for the long term, and we really appreciate that. Until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors.